Hey guys, I'm Brendan. And I'm Jayla. We would like to welcome you to the Sustaining Life podcast. A lot of people have questions about the situations they face and the struggles that come with them. There are those who think the Bible does not provide modern day solutions to our crazy lives. There are those who think the Bible isn't relevant to this day and age. Anxiety, depression, hurt, bitterness, and suffering. The Bible really does have answers and hope for all of these things. Let's, Let's dive, dive in. in. Hello and welcome back to Sustaining Life Podcast. I am excited for everyone here and everyone viewing this podcast today. I have some lovely friends here and we're just going to go ahead and dive in and have a good time today. So first I would like to introduce, introduce Letitia Gillett. So if you can go ahead and introduce yourself, that would be great. Hi, uh, I am Letitia Gillett. I live in St. Paul, Minnesota with my husband and two kids. We work at Apostolic Bible Institute. Um, we've been here since 2010 as students and then stayed on as staff. So uh, God's working and moving and we love being a part of it. Awesome. Thank you. And then we have Bethany Peters. So if you can introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. I'm Bethany Peters and I'm from Pierce, South Dakota. I'm born and raised in Pierce, South Dakota, and my husband and I have been married for, it will be 12 years this weekend, and we have two young boys, and we are busy working on lots of different aspects of our church and district. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Bethany. And then we have Valerie Lovelock. Hello. I am Valerie Lovelock. I've been married to Linton for 21 years. We work and minister in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, at Fresh Morning Apostolic Church, and we have worked in many facets in the church because we've been there for forever, um, but currently, he, my husband serves as the co-pastor there with Dr. Daniel Blash, and we have three kids. One is has graduated, and the other two, I'm still homeschooling, so that's it, our life in a nutshell. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. So I am very, very excited today. Um, I hope you guys are as well. We're going to go ahead and dive in with one of our first questions, which is, first of all, do any of you guys have any um, stories about any dumb mistakes that you guys have done as a woman? <laughs> as a woman, what have you guys done or perceived or assumed throughout your life? Let's get personal. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh. It's a deep, mm. deep question. So I guess, oh, I need to choose um, from. <laughs> yeah, as a, I guess as a woman at a ladies retreat a couple of years back, I was singing and I was wearing what I, I thought I looked so cute. And I was wearing <laughs> this like gray sweater that was a little crop. So of course I had on a tank top underneath. Uh, it was a pink tank top. I'm, I'm mixed. And uh, so my skin is brown, but the tank top, I guess when I lifted up my shirt, I'm, I'm singing, I'm going about my business. And then all of a sudden we go off the stage and somebody runs back to Letitia, I've come to save you. And I'm like, from what? I'm in church right now. And she was like, when you lift your hands, you can see all of your stomach. They legit, because when I lifted my hands, it rose up to my waistline. And they thought this whole time, I was just bearing my stomach and worshiping the Lord. And I, I got so defensive and I was like, what do you mean saving me? You know, I'm 20 something years old. I know, like, I can dress myself. I was so upset. And then I had students come to me later and, like, yeah, there were people in front of us that kept sitting there. You can see that woman's belly when she worships. She's supposed to be singing, she's supposed to be leading us. And I was like, sorry. I don't think I can dress myself as a grown woman. <laughs> that oh, that's a, hilarious. Yeah. I, I was there to see that. <laughs> It was fun. Oh, Loved I'm sure it. it was. Oh, that's fun. Especially because was this in the state of Minnes Minnesota? Yeah. So you were, this is Minnesota. You moved here, so you weren't originally from here, too. No. So no and this was, this was like a couple years ago. And I mean, here in Minnesota, Ladies Retreat is held at our church. Right. So I'm used to singing on that stage. And even if I'm at an event, I follow the standards for our church, even if the event standards aren't the same. So I'm up there thinking I'm very modest in this cute outfit. And everyone's like, you're showing your full belly while you sing. <laughs> I'm grown, uh, man. I know how to not show my stomach. <laughs> it was really oh, awkward. Man. Yes, I bet it was. Ooh, all wow. right. Does anybody else have any stories? <laughs> I'm, sure there are few. I'm sure there are a few, but I, I can't think of any offhand. I even read that question earlier and I'm like, 
I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm sure okay. there have been times. Oh, it's gonna come up. Oh, you one. got one. Okay, I got one. We were preaching out of state. My husband was preaching, and we were there, and they asked me to testify. And I get up there, and we had smaller children then. Our kids are all older now, so this doesn't happen. I won't say it will never happen again because I do have <laughs> sons, but it doesn't happen as often as it used to. I They have moved me to come to the front, and I'm like, I don't want to go up there. I just want to stay right here. These boys are little, right? Like, and uh, Sam, mm-hmm. I think, was four, and Daniel was not quite two. And I get up there and I'm testifying and I, the crowd is clapping and I walk down and I realize that all across my light gray skirt, I had crayon hand prints, uh, <laughs> marker hand prints all along the back of my skirt. Like someone had been patting my rear. All day long. Oh. And, I was like, oh. and I kept calling the pastor's name wrong. I was like, what is wrong? Like, this is no. what you don't want. It's like you're probably people testify. I was like, I just can't. <laughs> but I did. I got down there and my daughter's like, Mom, oh, your butt. I was like, that's great. So yeah, that was fun. That was exciting. Oh my goodness, that's hilarious. Well, I'm sure we'll delve into even more as we talk. Uh, Bethany, if you think about something, let us know. Because I, um, <laughs> I know there's going to be something. Um, so how long have you all been married? And um, how, have, how did you guys beat your husband? Um, well, I, I'll start since I'm the only one that didn't say it in my intro. My husband and I will have been married uh, nine years this November. Um, so eight and a half years now, a little over. And we met at ABI. We were both in the same class. But actually, we had a weird connection because his pastor is my pastor's wife's brother from back home. So our home pastors were like siblings. And the mother of them goes to my husband's church in Canada. He's from Brockville, Ontario. And um, before I, we ever got to ABI, the mother-in-law and my pastor's wife, they, or they talked all the time. And they just, they're, oh, we've got someone going, oh, I've got someone going to ABI too. And then they started talking <laughs> about us and how similar we were. And, well, mine's is going to get the lead in the drama. No, mine <laughs> will. This one's going to be class president. And they just like, you know, bantered back and forth over it. And they were like, oh. They're super alike. They're either going to really hate each other or really like each other. And Aww. it definitely fell towards the really like. He did get class president and lead in the drama, but I'm slowly <laughs> getting over it. So, <laughs> all is well. That's funny. That's awesome. All right. Who wants to go next? Um, I can go next. Uh, my husband and I will be married. We'll have been married for 12 years on Saturday. So our we got married on Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. We were just talking about it at dinner and said do we have plans for our anniversary and I'm going out of town and he's got a men's fellowship thing and we're like nope I, I will figure it out sometime. we'll do something but um we just kind of met through district functions he was raised in North Dakota and I was in South Dakota and he would come down for different church camps and events and um that's about it <laughs> that's awesome all right and then Valerie I think you did mention how long you've been married. How did you meet your husband? Well, I was supposed to be on a mission trip. <laughs> I was on a mission trip, apparently. I met him in Boston. Um, I was there. I went to Gateway, 97, 98. And I went to work with the Metro Missionary in Boston. And I met him there. Um, my husband's Jamaican. And they have a large Jamaican congregation in Boston. And that's where I met him. So, and it was an interesting summer. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, it's fun. You guys will have to meet Brother Linton sometime. Oh, um, he's a joy. I do. <laughs> I really do love him. Um, I sent him right. all away. I was like, y'all need to go get ice cream because all y'all are together. <laughs> I was. I, I sent my kids away too. <laughs> I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh. They're like, I what are you doing? I want to be on your Zoom call. I'm like, no. That's what I thought. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, I was like, are they there? I'm like, I'm surprised I haven't seen them yet. No. <laughs> Get them away. No. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. All right, guys. So as we got our introductions, you know, put away and everything like that, I want to ask you guys, how did you guys personally discover and pursue your purpose? And it's a deep question. You guys can go on mm-hmm. long as you want, because I feel like this is a question that it's a lot of soul searching a lot of trials. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess for me, 
I, so I didn't grow up in, you know, like a Christian home or anything. My mom and dad, they weren't together. They weren't married and they didn't live in the same house. Um, so church for me, my grandma started bringing me and it felt like a retreat, you know, when I was younger, like a, a getaway and an escape. So I always knew that I wanted to, to keep in church and I wanted to serve God. I got the Holy Ghost when I was seven. And basically from then on, I was like, I have to keep this, but I, I guess I was at youth camp when I really started to feel a call to the ministry and God started to speak to me and tell me that like, there's going to be more for your life than just sitting in a pew. Um, and so I was like, okay, whatever. So I just kept on. Well, the summer after my eighth grade year, um, through a series of events, I very strongly felt God call me to ABI and I didn't want to go because I assumed Bible college was for ministers kids. Um, because, you know, the closest one to me at the time, I, I grew up in Oklahoma, it was TBC. I didn't really know anybody from there. That was before Bible colleges really started to go to camps and events and, you know, put themselves out there. So I was like, oh, this is just for ministers, kids, but God, if you're telling me to go, I'll keep it in the back of my mind. And over the four years, um, I was a very good student. I had very high grades. I had scholarship opportunities. Um, I was actually offered a full ride to play the tuba at a, uh, at a university in Oklahoma. Um, and I said, no. Uh, cause every time I tried to make something else work, God would just come in and be like, that's not what I told you to do. Um, so I tried to take a year off from ABI. God really worked it out in just a series of events that ended up getting me there the fall after I graduated. Um, and I was kind of hesitant because I hadn't saved the money or anything. Cause I thought I was taken off here and God just came in. He provided my down payment. He made a way for me to get here. People started dropping money on me out of nowhere. And God just let me know, like, this is the clear path I have for you. So I went to Bible school, um, you know, did everything. I got married my second year. My husband is the admissions director. We, you know, I just had a very big passion and burden after that to, to train ministers because they're in such short supply. And God just put this huge burden on me to train ministers. And during occasions, and we all know how it goes, if you're, you're working and you're ministering, you just get a little tired and you get a little wore down and you start looking for a plan B. And every time I tried to look for a plan B, God just continuously told me, but that's not what I have for you. That's not what I've asked you to do. So I finally had to get to the point where I just centered myself and focused in like while I was at Bible school and after um, that my, my purpose is ministry. And if I wake up every single day and I say, God, what do you need me to do? Everything's going to fall into place. If I wake up in the morning and I say, God, you first, and then everything else after that, he orders my steps. And he orders my days and he orders what I do. And so I believe that I've not reached the place yet where God wants me in ministry, that he's still got many things for me to do. And I'm, I'm still young. I'm, I'm 28. I'll be 29 in October. I'm still young, but I know that God is still, he just keeps steadily building, you know, one thing after the other. And I felt, I really felt, because I was, you know, as it is when you're early in ministry, you feel very unsure of your calling and what you're trying to do. But as it's gone and as God has placed a burden on me to, to train ministers, things just become clear. I'm always looking for an opportunity to, to train someone in the work of the Lord. And it's not that I don't have a burden for lost souls. I do. But my burden is to train, to train ministers, to train these people that are going to go out and they're going to do missions. They're going to start churches. They're going to do these crazy things for God. I'm still trying to do those. I'm still trying to reach people and, you know, passing out church cards, whatever. And um, my husband is actually currently gives a Bible study every week to a man. He runs an African church in the Twin Cities. They're Trinitarian. And all of a sudden the man got a, a revelation about wow. oneness and called our school. And uh, he's now going to be a student in the fall. Uh, but every week my husband does a Bible study English lesson with him. This man has a church of 80 people. And now this man is, is you know, looking to baptize this whole church in Jesus name. And so God's just really continually working and building on my husband and I's ministry. And so that's kind of where my purpose started. It's kind of where I felt called was at a youth camp and God has just really taken it from there. Cause statistically speaking, I shouldn't be here. I should have dropped out of church a long time ago. Um, based on my family, uh, I should have been a young unwed mother and God really kept me from all of that. And he gave me a purpose at that youth camp years ago. That's held fast, you know, 15 years later. So that's kind of my, that is amazing. it's amazing how God, goes and I feel like he puts people in our lives and he kind of stops us and said okay we're gonna turn 
let's turn. <laughs> and if you don't turn, yep. he puts more people and he keeps on going. Mm -hmm. That's very, very powerful. Yep. Thank you for that. Who else would like to go next? I can, I can go next. Um, I recognized and f sort of recognized my purpose. I was pretty young. Um, I was raised in church. I'm kind of the opposite of Letitia. I was raised in church and both parents and my grandfather was the pastor, but it was really when I was about, he had retired. I was probably 12 or 13 when I really recognized that God had a purpose for me. Um, and then I wasn't, but I wasn't looking for that purpose. I wasn't, I was like, oh, I'm a kid, you know? <laughs> um, but it was something that I carried with me to gateway. And then I, I focused really on the second part of that question when I was thinking this through Jayla. So, um, but discovering my purpose was more about me not refusing it. Um, it was more about me saying, I'm okay with this path that you're laying out ahead of me because at the time I wasn't looking for it. And that wasn't what I imagined for myself, even at like 13, 12 or 13. And the older I got, the more I was like, mm -mm. I've seen all the crazy that goes on in ministry. I've seen all <laughs> the crazy. I don't need no part of that. I, I have a plan. I have a life plan and it does Can not avoid it. No, a preacher. <laughs> it does not include being married to a preacher and being in ministry. I just want to right. be a really good saint. And, um, God said, I don't, I don't think so. So, <laughs> uh, so discovering my purpose was more or less, not so much about me discovering it, it kind of found me, but more about me not refusing it. And I fought that all the way until graduation from high school. And I fought that I was going to Indiana university. I was not going to gateway. <laughs> and in April of the year I graduated, I mean, you talk about cut deadlines, um, every single door that I thought was open was closed, slammed shut and locked. And I was like, I don't understand. And God's like, you are not listening. So I closed all your avenues. Wow. And I was like, okay. So I applied to gateway and I had to hurry because at that point it was, of course it's not gateway yeah. anymore for all you youngins. It's urchin, but um, <laughs> I had to hurry because I had, I wasn't going to gateway. I, that's not what I was going to do. And I submitted everything and my, I was homeschooled, but through a Christian school for most of high school. And so my principal applied for the Indiana youth scholarship, which I didn't even know existed because again, I wasn't going to go to Bible school. And so, um, she applied for it in my name. Like she, she sent in and nominated me for the scholarship. Oh, and I was like, why did you do that? I'm not going to Bible school. She goes, you're going to Bible school. And I was like, why aren't people listening to me? And my parents, I actually were all on board with me going to a regular university. Cause they're like, what will go into Bible school give you as a career? <laughs> so they're thinking about you're my right. <laughs> And I'm thinking they're with on me. What, why are all of you pushing me in a different direction? And then I won, I won the scholarship. I was like, I wasn't even going. So why did you all choose me? And I was like, clearly God had a plan. So mm -hmm. the scholarship helped me paid for half the tuition that year. Oh. And God just opened up all the right doors. So it was less about me running and more about me accepting his will and the purpose he had for me. I was okay with working for him. I just, ministry was not my end goal. And we'll touch on that second part um, that Valerie is referring to in just a second. It's very crucial with what we're talking about. Um, Bethany, how did you discover your purpose? Um, I think I'm still discovering my purpose, <laughs> as Letitia said. Um, I grew up in a, in a small town in a small church in South Dakota, and so uh, my family was very active in all parts of ministry. We did music, we did youth, we did Sunday school. Um, I started teaching Sunday school really young and I loved that. Uh, I thought from a very young age that I was going to be a missionary. I remember I used to clear out my closet at night and pretend I was a missionary because I assumed missionaries slept in really small spaces. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. So I was going to, I was going to be a missionary. That's awesome. <laughs> I, um, and when I was 16 or 15, I went on a, um, my first aim trip to Guatemala and I loved it. 
I love the people. And that's what my, my plan was. Um, I went to CLC. We've got lots of colleges represented here. I went to CLC for two years and then I came back and taught for a while. And then I went on, um, a long-term mission to Guatemala for seven months and I bawled on the way home because I wanted to be a missionary. And, um, I came back and I just feel kind of like what you ladies have talked about doors closed and opened and kind of just, you know, I thought I was gonna, you know, sleep in a closet as a missionary. (laughs) And, um, I always joke instead, I bought the house I grew up in and my husband and I lived in that house until we just sold it actually just recently. But, um, I just, I'm so thankful for number one, God, blessed me with the family. I was raised in the church by parents who just love to do anything just to be work, to be helpers. And that's kind of how my husband and I have been wherever we've been needed to help. We do help, whether it's youth or Sunday school. Um, my husband is actually the Sunday school director for South Dakota. And, uh, now I'm the ladies director for South Dakota. So anyway, congratulations. I found that oh. out a couple of days ago. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, but we just, it's, it's just been God opening doors and wherever, wherever we're needed, it, it's just, it's so awesome that God will equip you in that place where you're needed and then continue to kind of close doors and shuffle you on your way. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever had this big loud voice other than what I thought was to be a missionary in a closet, but I just am thankful for God's gentle hand kind of guiding you through and being able to work in the kingdom wherever needed very good wow um first of all i just want to say each of these ladies have such an amazing ministry like if i could like ship you to like their areas of ministry you guys would be touched st louis um abi south dakota it really doesn't matter each individual person has such a great ministry and i have seen it with my eyes you know in st louis and then even like just i've seen parts of the youth that I don't know, Bethany, I seen like just them grow. I'm like, I don't know you personally, but I see you growing. And same thing with ABI and the college students. It is so amazing. So I do want to say a huge thank you. Um, the second part of that question um, is how did you evolve once you were in a relationship? So once you discover your purpose was a lot, of, sometimes it does change a little bit. How did that work? How was that changing? How did you, you know, blend your guys' passions together? Go in a little detail and tell us how did that happen? Because it's one of the most trickiest things on this, on this planet. <laughs> um, I think, first of all, for, for, and this is what, I mean, obviously we end up doing a lot of stuff with young couples. It, it, you're in your Bible school. They want to get married. And um, one of the stereotypes that it fit some people me and so one of the things people come to us a lot they, they want to get married one of the first things is are you what you feel called to is it even compatible if you feel called to be a missionary in a closet and <laughs> he feels called to go down to the smallest church he can find in the south of texas and play his you know steel guitar then you have a problem um so that's one of the first things we ask and one of the first things that me and my my husband talked about when we started dating was where were we going ministry wise and we i had i had made this big declaration multiple times i mean to our our youth president's wife in oklahoma i to all these people i'm not going to date at abi unless god specifically puts a guy in front of you and says he's the one i'm not trying to even date in my first year like you know beyond that maybe but like i'm just going to i'm just going to you know stay fast and, and i'm going to just study hard and and God put a guy in front of me and said, he's the one. And I didn't understand it. We kind of got criticized by some people because we kept our relationship very quiet. People didn't know we were dating until we got engaged. People didn't know we got engaged until we left for the summer break. Um, but we had all the permission that we needed, our president, our pastors, everything. And um, so when we got married, I didn't quite understand what God was trying to do. Um, because I was kind of, I was kind of a little bummed out that some of my friends were criticizing us for our, you know, quick timing. And as we got back for our second year, the president pulled my husband in. He was Canadian, so he couldn't work a secular job. You know, he had to, the only thing he could do was at the school. Um, and so when he came back for a second year, the president pulled him in the office and was like, this is what I'm going to have you do. 
and he was putting him in charge of admissions. Now, my husband was not like an 18-year-old brat. Like, he had gone to university before he came to school and everything. He was older. And when that happened, it was like the moment he walked out and told me this was the meeting I just had, God just slammed me in the chest and said, this is why. And I was like, okay, I'm totally at peace now about everything. We got married that November, and God just put such a heavy burden on me. It fell all over me. Um, you're going to train ministers. And from that moment on, my husband and I's ministries just started to merge and to meld. Like, I do a lot of musical things. My husband does not. He can run a mean soundboard, but he doesn't know how to play any instruments. He doesn't sing. He doesn't do any of that stuff. And so our, our ministry started to merge as we traveled for the school, as we went to things. Oftentimes would find him preaching at things or, and, you know, I would help with music wherever I could. Um, we would do different things, just, you know, traveling to churches um, at Jayla's church, actually. I went and helped them with their music team. When I was gone in St. Louis. Yes. So mm -hmm. when she went to St. Louis, I went for about a year and we, my husband and I would go once a month and just, I would help with their music team. If they needed help running sound, doing anything, my husband would mm -hmm. jump in. Occasionally he would preach and God just really started to, to meld those ministries together, which is how I, I really did know that, that it was, was God's God. will because everything would have just fallen apart at that point, but God just started to meld and to merge our ministries. And so I don't think there's been once where there's just been something where I felt I needed to go do something that was totally against my husband's ministry or vice versa. What we've done, we've always done together. What we've moved, we've always moved together. And so I think that's kind of how my, our purposes changed and everything. Cause you know, when you're when you're single, it's one thing to go jump in a car and drive 12 hours down the road and preach a service mm -hmm. and call it a day. And then you get married and that dynamic changes. And then you have kids and that dynamic changes even more. You know, we went from traveling basically every weekend to now half the time, you know, he'll hit the road and I stay home with the kids. But God has always just kept our ministries very in sync and in time with one another. So I guess that's kind of how our purposes merged and everything when we got married. Very good. Does anybody want to comment on that or add their own experience? Um, <clears throat> that's really, it's really, it's really um, interesting. Your story, Letitia, I, I, I like listening to people's stories and it's beautiful how God works us out and we think mm -hmm. we're going one way and he's like, well, that's okay. You keep thinking that. And then I'll, I'll <laughs> right. you when you get there that that's not where you're actually going. But when, when you're, when you're, I'm really a bad one to ask about dating because we didn't actually date. It's, it's, a, it's a long story, but um, we were very, very good friends. But when, so we never really in a dating relationship, we went from being really good friends to engaged to marriage all in 10 months. And so not my number one advice for most people. Um, <laughs> just saying. Um, but it can work. I, we're evidence of that, but it's not the best for everybody. I will say that. But my purpose, I knew very, like I said, I knew very early on that I was supposed to work with kids and I was going to do that secularly and then teach Sunday school because that's an honorable thing to do, you know? And so when I met him, I worked, of course, God had changed my perspective by this time. And I worked in the church in Boston with the Metro Missionary. I worked with Haitian kids and Jamaican kids and just, well, every nationality that I could think of. And it was, it was amazing for this girl for us from a small town in Indiana who there's one nationality. And so there, um, and so it was eye opening for me and I loved it. I soaked it up, but I knew my purpose was children's ministry. I knew that's where I was going. And that I at one time was going to be a missionary. I was like, I know I'm supposed to go to Russia. I know I'm supposed to go to Russia. I did not sleep in the closet, but I, I but everyone has their own thing. Right. And so I knew, I knew this is what I was going to do. And then I met him and well, we got engaged. Meeting him was not such a big a deterrent because we, like I said, we weren't dating. And then it was like, Oh, wait a minute. This has totally changed where I thought this was going. My purpose hadn't changed, but my calling and my priorities mm -hmm. of my purpose changed. Mm -hmm. And then we got married and I was just not quite 20 yet when we got married and he's a little older. And so it was rocky figuring out where I fit knowing that my, my priority is to be his help me 
but we were in home missions church and it was the pastor starting the home missions church and us. And so mm -hmm. he was the youth pastor and I led the Sunday school department and I was completely at ease in that. I was completely at ease in that, but I didn't balance my purpose well as being his helpmeet because that's his job. He's the youth pastor. I don't like young people. And so, <laughs> that's what I would say. I would tell people, like, I don't really like young people. Um, kids I was fine with in my mind, youth were old enough to know better. So stop acting like that. Uh, no patience. I was an only child y'all. So I had no, no patience for this nonsense that you're bringing to the table here. I just, what is wrong with you? And so I wasn't a very good helpmeet. I had to figure that out. And I it had to come to a realization that while God had a call on my life and he had a purpose for me, my first and most important priority was to be his wife. And that was a long mental shift yeah. that was not easily learned. And a lot of times it caused discussions. <laughs> <laughs> fun discussions long oh, discussions we, we would we we would we didn't really clash over doing ministry because we were just in it we loved it we just thrived on everything we were doing but when it came to you stuff I was like I'm present you know I'm here Siri's talking to me um <laughs> I was present but I wasn't really present um and so it just wasn't my, and, and then there was the whole idea that I have a, I have a calling. I know my calling. It's my calling. And I was, and many times preaching and teaching and God was like, you married someone. You, I hate to call it relinquish, but that is kind of what you do when you marry. You relinquish this drive russia was not happening my jamaican husband was not going to russia that was not <laughs> I, we, he barely thrives in st louis in the cold of st louis mexican cold. food <laughs> he won't even attempt somebody invited him to go to south dakota he's like uh-uh it's cold up there <laughs> he no. won't no. He, he's he's so i had to i had to really come to terms with what is your role in ministry what is your purpose when you married a minister you married anybody really but when you really talk about the ministry it no longer mattered what i thought this is the path that god put us on and i chose to follow it and so i need to make the mental shift now i'm blessed with a husband who who never said you don't have a calling you know he never he never did that but it was always like I, I fought too hard for, to stay on my path without realizing in, in doing that, I was, we were walking on two different roads. Um, and so that, yeah, that's a long story, but it's, it's, I, I, and it wasn't intentional. It really wasn't. I was young and dumb. I chalk it up to that. I was young and dumb and you, you learn as you do it. This is why when you talk to young people today, you're like, you're making a mistake you, or, or whatever you're telling them. And they're walking away and you're going, they didn't listen to one thing I said. Like, <laughs> they don't believe me at all. But I'm telling you from experience, you're making a mistake. But some mistakes they're going to make uh, um, on their own. They're going to realize that. But you will serve yourself well, young lady, if you realize that when you marry, your purpose and your calling becomes to his being his helpmeet. And then mother, and then all of those other things that come along. And when you can serve and, and I don't mean serve like subservient, but serve him well, God blossoms you into what he wants you to be. Um, but you can choose the rocky hard way to do that, or you can choose the smoother path. <laughs> I suggest the smoother path. <laughs> There's an easier way to do things, really. There really is. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's always an easier way, and we never choose it. We never do. <laughs> we, we never do. Even we if we heard, yeah. Experience. Mm -hmm. And they were like, why didn't you tell me no? I'm like, well. <laughs> I've heard that multiple times. <laughs> I've said it. Me, I mean. Love lock. You didn't warn me. You. You're like, I did. I'm like, who is that telling you? Don't do this. <laughs> like, but it's okay. It's all good, because I walk away and chuckle to myself and go, 
that was you 20 years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, Bethany. Um, it's funny how when you're talking, I have a horrid memory. And as you're talking, I'm like, oh, yeah, I did do that, didn't I? And you, you're talking about relinquishing. And, and I still, after I, um, so I went to Bible school and then I went to Guatemala for seven months and then I came back and I went to a secular college for two years and then I was done and I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. I still kind of had the missionary thought in my head and I had all these things. And at that time, um, my husband Kirk and I were kind of talking, but not, we were just friends at that point. And, and when you were speaking about relinquishing, I was thinking the reason why we were just friends was because he wasn't going to be a missionary and I was. And so, you know, I really, in my brain thought that's what was going on. So this relationship isn't going to work. And I don't think I ever really said that out loud, really, but that's what I was thinking. And it came to me and God having to have a conversation and God having to shut a lot of doors and say, you know, this is where you're going to be. And then I relinquished that sleeping in a closet as a missionary over <laughs> and then Kirk and I got married four months later that's kind of how our thing happened very quickly after I finally decided this is where I'm gonna be this is where God wants me to be and we've been happy here and I think that like you said once you relinquish your own desires even though they weren't ungodly desires they were just right. not God's perfect will for our life um once I relinquished that, Kirk and I were able to complement each other in our ministries. Whatever we've done, um, whether it's Sunday school or youth or um, me helping him, like, like you said, with music and he preaches, you're able to complement each other when you just say, God, I want to do whatever you want me to do. And since we've become one, we can truly complement each other in all the aspects, whatever God calls us to be. And like, in the beginning of it, I said, I don't know if I even have my purpose yet. I think I'm still searching and still, you know, going through doors, God's open, but I thank God that he, he, he allows us to complement each other. If we continue to seek God first and not seek my desires, my personal Bethany desires, but seek the kingdom so that I can compliment my husband in his ministry, whatever it is. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. true. I definitely feel like when you go and step into that commitment of marriage, you are asking God to bring two stubborn people <laughs> together. And I, I do feel like when God brings two people, two people together, I feel like there is a blending, a mending, you know, there's different roles that you guys may have been on if you guys remain single. So that is true. You guys may have had a different role or a different purpose, not exactly purpose, but different way to lead out that purpose in life. But once you actually go ahead and get married, you guys are correct, is that you guys have to blend, you have to compliment each other, because I don't think anybody wants to go 25 years down the road, always having to pull someone behind yeah. them, mm -hmm. and then having someone always in front of them going like, come on, hurry up. <laughs> I just don't think it'd be very comfortable. Um, we are running out of time. We have a couple minutes left. And I want to ask you guys a couple more questions. So this is all going to be different based upon how your guys' relationship um, went and how fast or how slow. But how has your perspective of marriage changed versus when you were dating to now? So what did you think marriage was going to be versus what it is now? <laughs> oh, I have a lot to say about that too, but it's your guys' too. question. What a question. Um, for, I guess for, guess me, for me, I just, I didn't have a great um, example to go off of for marriage. Just because like I said, my parents aren't married and I had a step that come along later on. That was a very rocky time. I moved out of my house when I was 17. Um, my mom had to sign over my rights to my sister. So I just, I never had a great example to go off of. But what I saw at church um, was my, my pastor and his wife. And I was like, oh man oh yeah okay I like I can do this well they're they're in love they have two kids they have a nice house like they're running this church and and I'm just like looking at them and I'm like oh yeah yeah I can do all that it's like yeah this we got this because it was a small town southern Oklahoma a small church and I'm like yeah okay I got this well then I got married and ministry actually started and I was like whoa um and it it took me so many years to really appreciate all that they did 
running the church and running the youth group and, and the Sunday school department and, and, and. And, you know, people in our church would step up to help, but it was primarily my pastor and his wife running everything. And so I'm think, looking at them and thinking, man, they make it look easy and graceful. And now I'm realizing all the behind the scenes stuff that you just, you never see and you never thought about. And I think about now, and this is probably going to sound super terrible and unreligious of me. I know many ministers say Sunday is their favorite day, but honestly, for me, that's mm. one of the most stressful days of the week. It's a hard day. Um, it's a really hard day. And especially so, you know, it, it, it first church here, it's not first church anymore. Oh my goodness. Apostolic Bible church. We just changed the name. I'm still struggling. Um, we have multiple ministers on staff, so they will rotate who preaches. Um, but during the school year, it just, it gets so difficult because five days a week, you're teaching classes or doing whatever. My husband is the admissions director. He teaches classes. Um, we just got out of the boys dorm. We were the supervisors there. Um, and now we live in a house off campus and everything, but it just, it was, you know, five days a week, you're teaching or doing whatever. Some of us, my, my husband would teach, you know, six weeks in a row for three hours a day, five days a week. And then he'd spend Saturday studying for a message. And then Sunday morning, he'd be up at the crack of dawn to study. And then if I was singing, that meant trying to get the kids ready and dragging them out the door to church and, and, you know, trying to run music practice while I have two kids going crazy or calling somebody to come watch them. Um, my sister recently came to live with us. I called her up and was like, Hey, you want to help? And that has been a blessing. It's, it's helped us out so much, but it just really made me realize how much work actually went into ministry that I never saw behind the scenes. I thought that when I got married, it was just going to be this crazy, yay, we're married. We're cute. Let's do this. And instead (laughs) it's been this, oh my goodness, we're married. Somebody's calling (laughs) us and you have to preach and I have to sing and this is falling apart. And it just, but every time, I mean, after it's done, it's, it's like Sundays we'll, we'll get in the car afterwards and it's just like another service, man, God moved. That was awesome. And while I wake up that morning and it's just this, this trepidation of like, I know this is going to be a long day, a hard day. I, you know, praying before service to God just is really going to do something in somebody by the end of service he does. And then I'm like, okay, these are the moments that I thought was going to happen in ministry. These are the moments right here. When my, I watch somebody pray through in the altar after my husband has, has preached and God's moving during the music. Like, these are the moments that I thought were going to happen. And so that's, I guess that's how it kind of differed for me is I always, I thought it was going to be so much easier than it was because I never had an example to go off of. And man, it's been harder, but marriage and ministering together has been so much more fulfilling than I ever thought it would be. So I guess kind of that's my take on that. Yeah, let's go ahead and bounce off each other. Um, I was like most, well, I guess I shouldn't say most, I'm assuming. Um, Probably most or all. (laughs) Well, yeah, from the ones I've talked to, it's a safe bet. They sound just like I did 22 years ago. Um, I, I wrote down, marriage is the hardest but most rewarding thing I've ever done. Um, and I mean that, and, and I mean that in all of the, the ways that the marriage, the ministry together, the ups and the downs, the roller coasters, the discussions and the non-discussions and, but I didn't go into it seeing that the way that it has worked out. I went into it with this, you know, oh, um, whatever the television family would have been at the time. Oh, it's going to be like that. It's going to be so great. And he's going to bounce home from work with flowers. And it's just going to be. Yeah. (laughs) And um, I smiles and fun and kids and vacations and yeah, no. uh -uh. And that's, I've come to the place at the age I am now that that's okay. That's, I am enjoying the life that I have. It just doesn't look at all like what I thought that it would be. My perception of what a wife looked like was all roses and happiness. And, you know, I, I'm very blessed with the, with the home I had. Um, I saw no arguments, none. If my parents argued, they did it in, well, silently. Cause I never, <laughs> I was like, well, my house is not loud, but it was like, I just didn't see that. I mean, my, they had their moments. Don't get me wrong, but it, it wasn't, they didn't show that stuff to me. I didn't see the, the hard times. I never knew when my parents were having a hard time um, financially or otherwise. I, I, I never saw that. 
so then we had a family and I went, how did they do this? Like, <laughs> how did they do this and, and make it look so easy and make it look so easy? And I realized that it wasn't. I mean, how could it be hard? You love each other. <laughs> That's what I thought to myself. And looking back now, I can say my perspective on that is, it's a place of helping each other and supporting each other and changing. I've changed over 21 years. I'm not, thank God, the same young and dumb person he married. And he's not young and dumb. And like we've changed. But I, the thing that pops into my mind the most when I think about being a wife is I think this is a holy role. Mm. It's not a giggles and fun and laugh. And, and there is that. But at the end of the day, this is a holy place. This is a holy position that he has let us walk in. And, and I have to treat it like that. And it's different it, with that holy place. It's, it's fun and it's hard and it's laughs and it's tears. And we've walked through some really deep, deep, dark valleys but because of God's grace, we came out on the other side together and we shouldn't have statistically, we should not have survived. Our marriage shouldn't have survived, but we did. And it's because we both took that seriously. But when you're, you really young and you're first married or you're dating, you even not even married yet. You see it as just, Oh, sunshine and roses and mm -hmm. dates and, and how great it is to date. And, and they're like, it's, it's so much fun dating. And I'm like, Yes. It's marriage is not like dating. <laughs> it's not like dating. You have kids. You don't suddenly just like she said a minute ago, you don't just pick up and go somewhere anymore. Um, and, and, and we had a child born with special needs. Uh, we were, had been married 14 months and our oldest child was born with severe health issues. And you talk about flipping kids, kids and making them adults fast. That did it. And, and so those are hard lessons that we learned that you, you can't learn in a textbook, but when you take your role as a wife seriously, and you see it as a holy role and you see this life that you live as one that is unto God. And I know that I don't want to make it so, I don't want to sound like I walk and I levitate when I get up in the morning because I don't. Okay. <laughs> One time we're here, he'd be like, no, but, um, <laughs> when you see it like that, you, you have more reverence for what you do. You have more reverence for how you behave. And I'm not always proud of how I behave, but because I recognize the significance of the covenant that I made, it doesn't matter what my perspective was 21 years ago. This is the life I have and I'm blessed for it and I'm happy for it. But it's because I took it seriously. At some point, the light came on and said, you've got to be a better wife. And you've got to see this as the role you've been given and not as an, as something that frustrates you because that will never lead to anything good ever. I really like how you mentioned that it's a holy role. It really is. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I feel like that gives us a, a very different perspective than a duty duty yeah. versus holy role. You're like, Oh, yeah. I'm, this is, I have to get the dishes done or I have to feed him. It might be like this cold slice of an appetizing thing. He may be grateful for it, you know, depending on how you cook. Um, <laughs> but I do appreciate that term of this is a holy role. We are here to help our husbands and vice versa. Our husbands are here to lift us up, to help mm -hmm. us. It's a, it's, it's really a give, 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 give and take, 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 take. I feel like that's pretty much husband and wife. Um, but I don't want to ramble. Um, <laughs> Bethany, because I'm going to start rambling. Um, Bethany, go ahead and just go ahead and let us know how it. Um, well, what the other lady say said is so true. And I guess just the simplest way I can put it is that before I got married, I didn't realize all the moving parts it takes mm -hmm. to run a home, to run a family to run ministries, multiple ministries to like all the behind the scene things, you know, someone's got to do the laundry and the dishes and put the cold slice of whatever on the table. And someone's got to, you know, call the people for this and this and this. And I think that's what you don't think about 
those things when you're thinking, oh, we're going to be married and I don't know, you know, go take a nap on Sunday afternoons and all the <laughs> things you think are going to be the greatest things that after marriage you forget someone's got, you know, that's yeah. when I got to catch up on this and this and this and who called mm -hmm. this and we have this event going and the calendar. And so um, someone once heard it's managing your blessings. And that's what I try to tell myself as I'm doing dishes and loads of laundry <laughs> that I am blessed that I have these blessings to manage. And like you said, it's the holy role, but there are a lot of moving parts to make anything work. And especially if you're involved in multiple ministries and you have, I mean, just a house alone, there's lots of moving parts to make it work without dishes and laundry piling up, but mm -hmm. raising children and, you know, keeping up on your own private devotions and your relationship with God so that you can be the best wife you can be. Because if you get disconnected from God, then it moves those, those moving gears get all jammed. And yeah. so there's just a lot of moving parts that, um, need prayer and connection with God to stay in sync. Very, Amen. very true. Mike, and as you guys have done such an amazing job today, I really want to thank you guys for joining us and join us by, you know, the people following <laughs> on Facebook. Um, you guys are absolutely correct. This is a holy role managed in blessings. And like Letitia said, it's not all woohoo and daisies. And <laughs> it is definitely a blessing. Um, but you definitely, your perspective definitely changes within like the first month. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then definitely after a couple of years, you start to see yourself change and him change. And it, there are definitely some trying times. And sometimes I feel like there are trying times that we don't let other people know about. Mm -hmm. And it does, and that is sometimes up to you, but it does mold and shape you to the person that you're going to be years later. And it's amazing what God does with us because we definitely have our flaws and we're not flawless and we're not perfect. So it's amazing yeah. what God does. And I'm just excited. I'm excited for God to shape me more and shape all of us. And I'm very yeah. excited. So I want to thank Letitia, Valerie, and Bethany for joining us today. And you guys will see us, not us, but you'll see some people next week talking to the guys about similar <laughs> topics like this. So go ahead and tune with us next week on Saturday, and we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for joining us at Sustaining Life Podcast today. We pray that this time has blessed you. Be sure to check the show notes. It will tell you how to contact us. Whether you want prayer or you want to share something exciting with us or you just want to connect, check it out. We'll love for you to follow us at Sustaining Life Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Join us throughout the week for more Sustaining Life.